0: Welcome to Messages from the Middle. I'm Wendy Parrish. This is episode number 33, Talk Too Much, ADHD and Oversharing. Let's get into the episode. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish and I am in the middle of my story from the middle. I've learned a few things and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is messages from the middle. Hello and welcome to messages from the middle. I am so grateful that you guys are with me today. (laughs) My voice is a little scratchy today. I don't, I can't, whatever. It it just is what it is. is. I guess it's that time of year or something. By the way, uh, this Sunday was Daylight Savings and again, I wanna take another informal poll. How many people would like Daylight Savings to just stop already? It's so hard. I will say this morning when I took my daughter to school and it wasn't pitch black, I appreciated that part of it, but I don't love that it's 4.30 here and it's getting dark. In last week's episode, I talked about my strategies for dealing with winter and the darkness that comes with it. And I'm getting there where I'm getting my HUGA household ready. Christmas is on its way up. I've got a few things going on. I've got my You know, my candles, and I've put up some, you know, got my cozy blanket. So I'm working on it. And if you are, if you have winter strategies that you're working on to help you deal with the hard times of this time of year, I'd love to hear about it. And by the way, you can always contact me. I'm on social media Instagram at Child Songbird. You can find me on Facebook, not often there, but. It's just my name there. And email me at wendy at messages from the middle. I'd love to hear from you. So this week's episode is on something that, I guess it's just been on my mind. I promise you when I started this podcast, I had no intention of it becoming an ADHD podcast. And I don't think it is. I still think, think that I'm mostly dealing with issues of mental health, but since my ADHD diagnosis as I've learned more about it, it's helped me to recognize how much of my mental health has come from ADHD and undiagnosed ADHD. I'm calling this one in a series of interesting things about ADHD that have shown up in my life and might surprise you and might make you go, oh, that's what that's all about. So today I want to talk about A person with ADHD's tendency to talk too much and overshare. People with ADHD tend to talk a lot. Um, We talk because we're excited or nervous or because we just want to be part of the conversation. And sometimes we talk simply to fill the silence because silence is hard for us. I'll say that's one of my first realizations. I really struggle with silence and more awkward silence. For example, if I'm in a classroom or a seminar or some form of like, you know, group setting and the presenter is talking and then they say any questions or any comments and no one says anything, it is so hard for me. And my brain is just going, like, what can I say? What can I say? Do I have a question? Is there anything? What can I do? And sometimes that will lead me to jump in and talk just to fill the space. And other times I just sit there with my brain spinning and don't say anything. And then there's excited or nervous. Um, Excited. There's another one when there's something that I'm super excited about and something that sounds... I don't know that I really am excited to talk about. I will talk very quickly and very rapidly, and talk about it a lot. Um, I think, I hope I'm a little bit better on this, but because it actually is something that I have consciously had to think about. But I know that I still do it, especially again if it's a subject or an op- an experience where I'm super excited about something. My daughter calls this info dumping. And she's probably not the only one. I'm sure she got that term from somewhere. But what I love being in a house full of people that are neurodivergent, info dumping happens a lot. It's quite prevalent. And I have learned the coolest stuff from this info dumping. My oldest child is kind of like your textbook hyper focus and then info dump. And I'm thinking more like when he was younger, when he was little. And I absolutely loved it. Like he would learn something about airplanes from a documentary that he watched. Yes, he loved to watch documentaries when he was like four or five years old. And then he'd info dump all of it to us. And it was fascinating. I learned so much from the info dumping. Anyway, I just think that that's a big part of the excitement aspect of it. And Truthfully, I struggle with this one because I don't see anything wrong with it, but I am willing to accept and understand that not everybody wants to be info-dumped to. And then there's nervous. I think this goes along with the awkward silence situation. When things are uncomfortable, when I'm nervous, I go somewhere between not talking at all and wanting to just be quiet and hide in a corner and then talking too much or asking too many questions or yeah, again, just filling any silence with talking because I'm nervous. The main one that I do that I am going to lump in with talking. And again, I'd be very curious to know what other people's experiences are. And in my research, this did not come up But I have to believe that my laughter, my constant awkward laughter fits in this category too, that I will nervous laugh, I will laugh to fill silences. And of course I laugh when I'm excited or happy. And also volume control, I think fits in this category as well. I know that I'm louder than most people. I know that my laugh is louder than most people. A few years ago, I lost my voice pretty, like I I really didn't have a voice and I especially didn't have a singing voice. So I went to a otolaryngologist to have, you know, look have my voice looked at and get some, you know, treatment, a treatment plan. And one of the first things that she said was that I need to laugh less and laugh quieter. And it was an interesting change for me to like, just not laugh when I wanted to, And to just get my laugh to a little quiet, hee, 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 that was a little bit hard for me. So not only do people with ADHD talk too much, but the real issue, okay, I don't know. It's probably all an issue. But one of the things that comes with talking too much is you say too much. You overshare. Oversharing is an interesting one because it comes from... A good place in most situations. It comes from a desire to connect to others, and a desire to feel included. And when I say feel connected to others, I think what I'm, what comes to mind, is sharing stories to let people know that you relate to them. In a lot of cases, that comes across as either oversharing or playing a game of, oh, well, that's your story. We'll listen to my story. When really. The intention is, I hear what you're saying, and let me tell you how I understand. And I can tell you that because my brain, that's what I'm doing. While someone is talking, I'm relating it to something that I can understand. And it's really hard to not be like, oh, I get that because. So why does this happen? Why does somebody with ADHD tend to get in a situation where they're talking too much or they're oversharing? It comes down to the impulse control and the issues with executive function. So while some impulse control issues for people are overbuying, quickly spending, you know, going all in on a hobby that doesn't last, things like that. Another impulse control issue is interrupting people in a conversation and blurting out things that aren't necessary. Impulsivity can cause you to prevent having these new acquaintances because people don't understand that you're really just trying to connect to people and instead it puts them off, which can then contribute to the social anxiety and rejection sensitivity dysphoria that I talked about a couple of episodes ago. Most people with ADHD tend to overshare things that might be inappropriate for everyone else to hear especially when you're conversing with people that you don't know that lack of impulse control causes us to forget that maybe there's things that not everyone needs to know and talk very personally to someone that you've just met in some situations this causes you to create a really deep and lasting connection with others but other times it's going to put people off and you might forget that this isn't something that you should be sharing with just somebody that you just barely met. I remember when we first moved to Pennsylvania and we would go to social events and when we would leave, my husband would say to me, you probably didn't need to tell those new people your whole life story. And I didn't even know that I did it. I didn't even realize I did it. And in my mind, I'm just like, well, I want people to be my friends and I just open up to everybody as if they were my bestie. And I still kind of do it, but I have really fought hard to do better at that. And then on the flip side of the coin, one of the things that comes to mind is when I met one of my really best friends, um, I realized I keep talking about friends and I don't give them a shout out. I'm going to start doing that. So this is is shout out to Jordan. Um, I met her. It's the most random story, but I actually just kind of contacted her out of the blue and was like, hey, we need to be friends. And so I went to an exercise class. She taught a a fitness class at a gym. And so I went to her class and (laughs) we stayed after class, I wanna say for like two hours talking. And that was like the beginning of just a super close friendship that goes on to this day. I have had those experiences where I meet people and we just open up to each other and it's like we are instant besties. I've also had the experience where I have opened up and walked away and been like, what did I just do? So let's talk a little bit about this executive function and this impulse control. Executive functions are a set of mental skills that include working memory, flexible thinking, and self-control. These are skills we use to manage our daily lives and issues with executive functioning make it challenging to focus follow directions and regulate your emotions so that can be described as executive dysfunction and as you know i don't love the word dysfunction so i try to avoid using it so i just say issues with executive function so it's this management system of the brain so trouble with these skills can make it tricky for people to filter what they're saying So here are some areas of executive function that people with ADHD struggle with when they're sharing information with others. So impulse control, I talked about this blurting things out without considering the consequences or not recognizing that it is not the time to blurt something out. This can look like making random comments or interrupting a conversation. Interjecting, cutting people off. So coming across as very rude. Self-regulation, saying things in the heat of the moment. This one is hard. I have seen this in my own life. I have seen this in the life of others with ADHD. You immediately have a feeling and emotion and you immediately react to it instead of that pause, take a breath, count to 10, asking the questions like, is it necessary? Is it kind? Should I be doing this? You just react in the heat of the moment. Where I've really seen this show up for me is with my kids. And I have had to apologize so many times for just saying things when I'm frustrated or angry. And then there's flexible thinking, trouble seeing things more than one way or understanding how to see things in other ways. If you aren't very good with flexible thinking, it makes you not a very fun conversationalist if you can't just listen to somebody and understand what they're saying and where they're coming from without necessarily agreeing with them, and you're just hardline, no, that's not correct, you're wrong, you shouldn't be saying that, it makes for a very unenjoyable conversation. So that lack of flexible thinking that's part of executive function makes talking really hard for some people with ADHD. So those are just a few ways that problems with executive function cause problems with communication, we'll say, when it comes to ADHD. So if you, like me, have some issues with over-talking and oversharing, there's a few things to consider and a few things that you can do. First of all, spend a little time learning about active listening this means you are listening so as I shared a little bit before when people are talking my brain is constantly listening for like how can I relate? how can I relate what stories do I know what stories do I know active listening is not that (laughs) active listening is stop listen to what they say focus on what they say and if you are thinking in ways to respond to let them know that you understand or relate Respond with you statements, not I statements. Oh, so you went to France a couple summers ago. That's awesome. What was your favorite thing? Instead of, I went to France too, and guess what I did? And I did this, and I did this, and did you go there? And did you, which is what I want to do. In active listening, you respond with you. This lets them know that you are listening to what they have to say. Another way to let people know that you are listening is to take a moment and pause before you start speaking again. In order to do this, you are going to need to hack that executive function system that doesn't want to work this way. So I'm going to share with you my favorite exercise for hacking your executive function system. It's called a focus meditation. So meditation is focus on one thing at a time. That's pretty much what that means that we are just focusing on one thing, training our body to focus on one thing. So many people give up on meditation because they can't do that. But the point is it's called a meditation practice because you are practicing it. You are not perfect at it. Very few people are, and those people have reached enlightenment or whatever. The point is you practice it. So this is training your brain to return back to focus. I like to focus on my breath. So when I do a meditation, I usually put on music. I don't necessarily, I don't usually use a guided meditation unless there's a specific purpose to my meditation. And I have some of those I listen to, but in general, I just put on some music and then I find a single point to focus on. And like I said, usually that's my breath. I like to focus on the way the breath comes in through my nose and then the way that it moves through my body. And or some other times I will just focus between my eyebrows. Those are the two places that I will focus. So I start a meditation practice. I start focusing on my breath, focusing on my breath. Wait, what did I have to do today? How did this happen? I watched this on TV. Oh, wait, back to my breath, back to my breath, back to my breath. Oh, my dog just walked in, I hope she didn't get into anything. What else is going on today? Oh, look, there's a squirrel. Back to my breath. (laughs) Does that make sense? So the more I take the time to bring my focus back, the more you train your brain to bring your focus back to one place. So again, like I said, for me, that's breath. For some people that maybe it's a little harder for them to stay focused on something in their body. which. Actually, by the way, I would also recommend it to learn how to get in your body and out of your mind. But if that's hard for you, finding a mantra, finding a phrase, finding a word that you can think over and over again. So that's one way to hack, I don't know if hack is the right word, but I'm going to use hack, your um, executive function system. So then when you are in a conversation with somebody and your brain wants to go to, I did that. I can share this. I can share this. I can share this. Then you go, wait a minute. No, listen to them. Listen to them. What are they saying? Listen to them. And then your brain might go chase another squirrel and then you go back to them. So training your brain to return back to a point of focus will do a few things for you in conversation. It will help you to not blurt out and interrupt so you know not be so rude and it will stop you from oversharing because you are more conscious about what they are saying and what they are asking you than what you can say and how you can contribute to the conversation. It just makes you a better conversationalist. And then this is a really great tip that I found in an article on the Attitude website. I've, re- I've talked about the Attitude website before. Highly recommend it if you have ADHD. I loved this tip for if you're talking too much. It's imagine you're a ghost at a seance. Your stories and opinions matter, but you don't contribute them, contribute them until you are summoned by the person talking. If, if that makes sense. Never been in a seance, but I've seen a lot of movies about seances. And so I can, I can relate to that. What you have to say does matter, but you don't share it until someone summons you, until the person that's talking opens it up to you to talk. A few other tips. Count to three when someone finishes speaking to ensure they're done talking. Then ask how they feel or what they think about the conversation topic, even and especially if you have five similar stories bursting in your head. Also, you can try to deliver your stories as if you're sending a voice note. Keep it short and no longer than five minutes. Otherwise, no one will be listening to the end. Another tip, don't analyze their points based on what you think but do get an analysis from them later if you want it. Most people just want to hear their opinions validated. This doesn't mean you have to like doggedly agree with them. So if somebody's sharing their opinion, you don't have to, I guess, you know, go against what you actually believe and be like, yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. But also you don't need to fight them on it in that moment right then and there. You don't need to be like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. I think your opinion's wrong. Just listen. Just listen. Just listening and saying I can see I can see why you feel that way. But really just letting somebody talk and just going, yeah. Okay. Or just waiting really sometimes is enough. And also then also think about a conversation like a game of catch. When you're asked a direct question, it's like the ball was thrown to you. Wait a second. Think of your response, then throw the ball back with a question of your own. So the conversation becomes a two-way conversation. And then there's this one, because you guys, this happens to me all the time. Someone is talking and my brain chases a squirrel and I stop listening. And then I'm like, what just happened? I didn't listen. Or I'm thinking of something else and I respond to what they said before. And then the response that I said just then is completely inappropriate for what they just said. Living example of this that just happened recently, and this is actually my sister who doesn't have ADHD. We were having a discussion about getting married and like how, you know, you met each other and your relationship or whatever. So we were talking to her and her husband about their relationship. And at that point, she got her dinner And it was some gross fish thing or whatever. And she just goes, I want to redo. And it sounded like she was saying she wants a redo on her relationship. So, and by the way, nobody took it bad. It was just, it just happened to be the flow of the conversation. But I think that's a pretty good example of what I do a lot. I am not listening or I'm not mindful of what was just said and then I comment on something else and it's not appropriate for that moment in the conversation. My husband could probably give you hundreds of examples throughout our relationship when I say the wrong thing and he's like, whoa, that was rude. If you lose track of the conversation, you may need to ask, I'm sorry, I missed that. Can you please repeat it? Instead of just responding and then having it be totally off subject. These last two I almost hesitated to add but they did come up in my research and since I hesitated to add them it's because these are problems I have and I'm having a hard time letting go of it but I need to and here it is. People don't actually want to know that you have ADHD or really any of your medical issues unless it's relevant to the conversation. I have noticed lately that anytime I start going off on a tangent while having a conversation, I start it with, I have ADHD, so blah, 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 blah. That's probably not necessary. And if I need to say I have ADHD to go off on a tangent, maybe I don't need to go off on the tangent. That is something that I'm learning and trying to take to heart. And also you don't have to be funny or engaging. And also you don't have to make excuses for who you are or for going off on a tangent. Like I said, I feel like I have to make the I have ADHD excuse when I go off on a tangent. It's okay to be rough around the edges. It's okay to be who you are. In fact, the imperfectly perfect people are my favorite people people that are a bit rough around the edges, people that do go off on tangents. I love it. In fact, I like to play the game, can I connect the tangent? It's a fun game. We play at our house as well. And what's really fun is my husband is the neurotypical in the house, and he's spent enough time with me that sometimes I'll say something, and he knows how I got there. My oldest son and I play this game a lot because he'll be like, you saw this, which made you think of this, which made you think of this, which is why you said that, huh? And I can do the same thing with him. So if you happen to have other friends with ADHD, these tangents can be fun. And if you have a friend or family members with ADHD, a lot of this conversation stuff might not be as big of a deal. It depends. Maybe if you both need to be talking all the time, it can be a little bit confusing. And who's talking and who's the star of the show? So if both people in a friendship relationship, family, can learn some of these conversation skills, I think that can be pretty helpful. So just to sum up, uh, this oversharing and over-talking and loud-talking is a result of issues with executive function that relates to ADHD. It's kind of just part of the game. But just like a lot of the issues that people with ADHD have, There are things that can be done, and we can do them. Having ADHD is not an excuse to not do anything, to just be impulsive, not get things done, overshare, overtalk. It's not an excuse. Awareness is the key. So knowing that you have issues with executive function, that is what's causing the oversharing, overspending impulsive behavior, not getting things done. For a lot of these things, it can be helpful to look at it like a game. You get to figure out how to hack the system of your executive function. I will put in a plug for the focus meditation. I think it's a great way to train your brain to act and not react to Work from the higher part of your brain and not the lower part of your brain. And just keep in mind that nobody is perfect. Everyone's got something. And maybe if you're the kid that's always talking, I was always the kid that was talking in class. Maybe if you're the person that just overshares and goes all in, maybe that makes you the person that other people feel comfortable around because. They know that you are willing to be open and share your heart. Having ADHD is not always a bad thing. There are so many good and positive things that we can discover within ourselves with ADHD, and some of the things that get painted as negatives don't have to be. I can tell you right now that I love, love, love my ADHD friends because I love the way that we can just open up and talk to each other, share our hyperfocuses, do some info dumping, maybe overshare a little bit, but it's okay because we know that that's what we do and we overshare with each other, but we don't overshare with people that we shouldn't overshare with. There's really upsides to any of this. Even the fact that I love people, I am a teacher, and I love the people that are willing to fill those awkward silences. So shout out to those of you who are willing to step up and fill the awkward silences. Thank you so much for giving me your time this week. It really, really means a lot to me that you would spend 30 minutes of your life listening to what I have to say. I want to make sure that I let you know how much I appreciate and acknowledge that you are giving me the gift of your time. And I want you to know that you are loved and that you matter, no matter who you are or where you are in your story. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time.